0: You are now listening to I Am Vibrant, the podcast that helps you reboot your brain and reprogram your subconscious mind to feel good on purpose and create a life you love. Warning, miracles may occur. Let's join today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm Leah Lund. I'm the creator of One Whole Health, the Vibrant Woman coaching programs and retreats and the I Am Vibrant podcast and I want to welcome you to a very powerful conversation today about healing and preventing cancer and treating the underlying causes of cancer and many other diseases. I've been in the wellness industry coaching others to have optimal wellness for just shy of 10 years now. and. I think that I've been on a personal journey of wellness, of my own mental, physical, and spiritual wellness for closer to 17 years. And even with all of that knowledge and experience and expertise, my body is just like anybody's body. It's a complex biocomputer. There's many layers. And I was surprised to find, even for all the great things that I do for my body, um, I was surprised to find at the end of June, 2019 that I was diagnosed, diagnosed with breast cancer. Now, full disclosure on this, I actually had what I called the bump. I had the bump for about five years prior to being diagnosed and felt like I was doing a fairly good job monitoring to, monitoring it. I was told it was a 5% or chance or less chance that it looked like cancer initially, and yet was recommended a biopsy, which I declined for a 5% or less chance. And I felt like through nutrition and some supplementation and things, I was really making headway for quite a few years. But nonetheless, at the end of, the, of June, um, on a Monday morning, after I just hosted an amazing Vibrant Woman weekend, I was on the high of a really powerful, transformative weekend. And while I was in Denver, I'd made the drive over because I live out in the mountains. Um, While I was there, I decided to go ahead and follow through with an ultrasound that uh, my thermographer had suggested. And when I did, the radiologist said, you have to do a biopsy right now. And you don't even have to book a follow-up appointment because based on this ultrasound, we have to do a biopsy right now. But Really, I don't even need to do that biopsy because I know without a shadow of a doubt that this is breast cancer. I've seen it, I know it, it's cancer, but it's going to be okay because we'll do a surgery right away. I slammed on the brakes of my whole life when I heard that. And I really pride myself on operating from a love-based perspective at all times and not going into fear but for 24 hours, I have to say, I went into fear. But then I went into action. I started consulting a very close-knit circle of friends that I and colleagues that I knew, A, had some experience with cancer, either themselves or in their family, and B, that I knew wouldn't go into fear, reactionary thinking. And I am so grateful to God that one of my friends said, have you heard of hope for cancer? I'm going to save the rest of my story for now, but I will say that when I looked up the clinics, Hope for cancer, it was obvious to me that this was my choice for treatment because these are cancer centers, unlike anything I've ever seen before. And probably you have either. And they're centers that represent everything that I believe about our body and its ability to heal and about having the right mindset and the right beliefs and not to mention the the faith in God to heal. So as soon as I found hope for cancer, my personal choice was that I canceled my surgery and the radiation that was being suggested. And I headed off to Mexico for the first of my treatments, which was a three week stay. And today I am so happy to say that the founder and chief medical officer of Hope for Cancer is here with us. So I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Antonio Jimenez or Dr. Tony as he's known. Dr. Tony is a medical doctor and an ND and a naturopathic doctor and I will say that hands down the treatment I've received and continue to receive from Hope for Cancer is nothing short of the highest quality medical service I've ever received for absolutely anything, not just for cancer. So Dr. Tony, I am so grateful for you being here, and I want to welcome you here to our show.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Leah. It is my pleasure to be here. And wow, what a story. And yeah, you said you touched on so many important points, but I think the most important one is that the word fear, right? This is uh This is so important because when someone gets that C word, fear is the first thing that comes into their mind, their spirit, and their physical body even. And it affects the progression of the cancer, the metastasis. And so we'll talk more about fear, but it's so, so important. And then, you know, you coming to Hope for Cancer, when a friend uh, talked to you about it, whether you heard of Hope for Cancer or not, and i am 100% convinced that no one comes to hope for cancer by accident and i know that was your situation also it was a god incident right not and not a coincidence
0: yes oh i love that god incident it, it really was it really was and it was a tremendous sense of relief and um, it just every single thing about it felt right and and i'm going to turn it back to you in just a second here and have you tell us more about you and how you got into specializing cancer and all of that but i want to read a little note out of your book and by the way for listeners i'll just say this up front if you go to hopeforcancer.com or just google hope for cancer book it will come up and you can order this book because there's going to be a lot that you hear here today that you're going to want to go deeper with and I can't recommend this book enough. And I made my decision before I had a copy of the book, but when I started reading the book on page 28, I just wanna read one paragraph because this this is what helped me to not be in fear. I had a strong sense that your clinics um, would embody these words, but you write on page 28 of your book, what if virtually everything we've been taught about cancer is wrong? What if cancer isn't a death sentence but instead an opportunity to be made whole in spirit, soul, and body. And what if there were treatments out there that could, could even heal people with stage four cancers, or at least enable them to live full and normal lives? And what if those treatments imparted life, energy, vibrancy, my favorite word, <laughs> and, joy, <laughs> and joy to the spirit or one of them, and joy to the spirit, soul, and body, rather than sickness. And I can truly say being made whole in spirit, soul, and body, that feels like the journey I've been on ever since I went to, to Cancun to the clinic. I, I really feel grateful that I have this cancer. <laughs> and that's, I don't say that lightly, um, but it's true. It's led me on such a path um, that... it's just extraordinary. And when I tell people about some of the things that I'm doing for healing and the things that I did there and that I'll be back you know, for my three months follow-up, I'll be back the first week of December. Um, They say, is this weird if I'm excited for you? (laughs) And I say, no, because that's actually how I feel too. I feel excited. So yeah, so um, I just want to say, I know that there's listeners who have probably seen the very worst of cancer and of toxic treatments there's people listening right now who've lost loved ones i understand if mixed emotions come up as we have this conversation and what i will say to that is i just invite you to let it all sink in and settle and um know that every person out there i believe we each do the best we can with the knowledge that we have and the intent of this conversation is to give you even more knowledge for your next steps. And if you're someone who's not encountered cancer, our intent is to give you knowledge to keep it that way. So with that said, Dr. Tony, tell us a little bit more about you and your training and the clinics and really how you ended up specializing in treating cancer.
1: Well, the first thing I wanna say is that uh, you read an excerpt from chapter one of the Hope for Cancer, Seven Principles to Remove Fear and Empower the Healing Journey book. And the title of that first chapter is Healing the Whole Person, Spirit, Soul, and Body. And one thing we have to realize is that cancer is an opportunistic disease, because the terrain at all levels allows the cancer to form. And we could talk more about that a bit later. Also, cancer is an opportunity, as you mentioned, Leah. So not only is cancer an opportunistic disease in its formation and progression, but it's an opportunity in our lives, in those lives of patients touched by this uh, by this C word. So it's an opportunity to grow and all of those uh, factors that you read in that, uh, brilliant paragraph if I could say so myself. But, uh, <laughs> <a> <laughs> but yeah now now that you read it to me it's sunk in even more because you know I wrote this book over a year ago and then by the time it's you know edited and formatted and all that it, it comes out and sometimes uh hearing things again is like wow that was truly inspired by by our Lord. Uh but um it's been uh it's been a journey in in my life and how God opened and closed some doors. I was supposed to go to Oxford University in England uh, for my medical training and I had surgical talents. I, I was very good in, in surgery, but, um, but that door closed. And um, I went and had my training in Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, one of the better uh, medical schools in, in Latin America. and and top in the world also. And shortly into my internship, I realized that uh, the patients receiving, I was blessed to do my internship in a hospital that had a a alternative or holistic wing where they were seeing uh, cancer patients with alternative methods. So I saw both worlds in my internship and I saw that those uh, patients that had cancer were actually more joyful they had a smile in their face and and uh, they were you know they were in touch with their emotions and their spirit whereas the patients in the other part of the hospital you know getting drugs and medication and antibiotics and steroids and what have you they were miserable they wouldn't leave their room because it wasn't you know part of their program right they would just be in the room day and night day after day after day, and then they get discharged, they would only leave their room to get CAT scans or x-rays, right? Whereas the patients in the alternative wing, they would be taken out, you know, whether on a wheelchair or walking outdoors to get some sun and fresh air. There were uh, nutritional consultations, uh, spiritual counseling and emotional counseling. So, wow, that was a big wake-up call. And at that point, I said, this is what I want to do. This is you know, the area I want to go to. And then uh, sometime later, my father, who lived in Texas at the time, was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And uh, this is all in my book. And uh, it's a long story, but the, I took him under my wing, and I told my brother in Texas to get him out of that treatment that he was receiving. And I started to learn, to study, and to learn more about what I could give my dad. And I'm happy to say that my dad lived to be almost 83 years of age, he, uh, and he was diagnosed in his early 60s. Uh, it's a young age wow. to be diagnosed with prostate cancer, as you know, Leah. And uh, he, he died of uh, heart disease, eventually heart disease and um, congestive heart failure, nothing to do with the prostate. He was actually cured. Uh, from his prostate cancer. So it's it's been quite a journey, the Hope for Cancer Treatment Centers. We have two, one in Tijuana, Mexico, which is south of uh, San Diego, California. That opened in the year 2000. And then our Cancun Treatment Center opened in 2015 uh, because we couldn't uh, handle all the patients in one facility. And so then these two clinics are fully operating since then. We're going to have our 20th uh, year anniversary, of course, next year in 2020 with our first clinic. And uh, we also have a satellite clinic in South America, in Colombia, South America, where I was born, actually, and uh, another clinic in Asia. So God God is good, and he's opening doors, and he's allowing us to educate and share what we've learned from a clinical perspective and a lot of travels and research. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's a blessing that as you know, Leah, we have a, a good medical nursing uh, and staff at our clinics that allow me to now be more of a chief medical officer, continue my writings and research and implementation of the best of the best that we can offer our patients at any of our clinics. So that's, uh, that's where we are now.
0: Wow. That, so I didn't, I knew it was roughly 20 years, but 20 turning 20 in 2020 <laughs> uh, <laughs> is uh, really interesting. And I look at 2020 and I know there's a lot that's coming up in the, um, in spiritual circles about 2020 vision and 2020 being such a year of clarity so i can only imagine what's ahead for your organization next year.
1: <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, let me tell you one thing that's going to happen to kick off the year. The first week in January, a reality show will be airing on FYI network on TV and this is called 8 days. And so really, really, this is going to educate the masses. Um, It's going to show Mm -hmm. what holistic and integrative uh, cancer therapies can do, as you said in the introduction, in any stage of cancer, whether stage one or stage uh, four. Uh, And even if someone is receiving chemo radiation, if that's what they chose to do, we respect that. But let's integrate. The seven key principles to cancer therapy, and, and that's when the results could be um, better, not only at short term, but at long term, and the quality of life will not be uh, affected, right? With just pure, like it is with just purely doing the chemos and the radiation and so forth. So, yes, uh, 2020 and 2020, however you said it, <laughs> that's brilliant. and uh, this reality show, eight days, is going to really, I think. Uh, shake the world a little bit and I'll just ask for prayer and protection over myself and hope for cancer team that uh, that uh, you know we' we're, we're, we're good. we're safe.
0: <laughs> mm, well, thank you for mentioning that. I, I certainly and I know um, I think we all will our, our view, listeners here will keep an eye out for that reality show. and I want to mention too, that you're featured in the Truth about Cancer docu-series and often at the live events and things like that as well um and uh something when i was making my decision so i had always said i would not go the route of if i ever got cancer i'll not i don't think about i'm going to do chemo i don't think i'd go the route of of um, toxic treatment and yet, there was this little part of me in the back of your head that says, "Yeah, do you really know until you have it?" <laughs> it's easy to say that um, until the diagnosis. And one of the things, so my friend told me about hope for cancer on one of your um, ad an ad came across my Facebook, and I happened to see the name of the woman, and these are this is more god incidents <laughs> i happened to see the name of the person who uh, who had commented that was being um you know re reprogrammed out or resent out and i i knew i knew somebody that knew her i didn't know her directly we were i'm doing air quotes here we were facebook friends <laughs> you know but i'd never talked to her but i knew somebody that knew her really well and she'd been there for stage four ovarian and you had the 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 doctors there had directed her to go ahead and have the surgery because it was quite a large tumor. And she, at the point that I talked to her, is two years cancer-free. And I bring that up because you're talking about the integration of things. That really helped me make the decision that it wasn't um, one way or the other, that it was integrated, that you weren't um, completely anti or opposed to anything. Because I think uh, from a philosophical standpoint, I I that's an energy thing to be for things or against them. You weren't fighting against um, surgeries and chemo and, and, and traditional treatments like that. And she was evidence of that for me. So that was actually really huge to know that when, and if I ever did need to follow through with that surgery, I would get a very balanced and objective opinion from Hope for Cancer.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we're medical doctors and our goal and our oath is to do what's best for the patient, right above all things, and uh, not give them toxicity. <laughs> uh, so that is the founding philosophy of Hope for Cancer as well. And in this case, I, I I believe I know who you're talking about, Leah. And I was speaking at a conference in Santa Barbara after my talk, this uh, person came up to me and she said, Dr. Tony, if I ever get cancer, you're the first person that I will call. And I said, uh, "Cancer, clear that thought, you know, and then yeah, we I talked. Know. And unfortunately, three, four months later, she called me and she said, you know, I was just diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And I said, well, send me the scans, the records, everything, and and I'll tell you what my recommendation is, and as you mentioned, it was get the tumor out, do the surgery, but don't allow them to take any of the lymph nodes out, right? Mm -hmm. Just do a simple uh, oophorectomy with a tumor resection and leaving, oophorectomy is removing that ovary and, uh, and leave all the lymph nodes intact. And that's what she did. And then she came to Hope for Cancer. And it's been, I think it's been, over ten years or maybe more that she has been free of uh of cancer. So and now she's a practitioner if we're talking about the same person, Leah. Uh so so yeah, she she had a a very good outcome when we integrated the surgery with uh with uh, the hope for cancer protocols.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um and and I, I should probably say we're obviously not prescribing or treating Uh, you know, here for any individual case, we're giving examples of what's possible and what can happen. And another thing that made me feel very confident and comfortable with Hope for Cancer is that the treatment protocols are so customized. They're so individual per person, per cancer, because every person is different and we're all bio-individual and every cancer is different.
1: Absolutely, also very important. always when we are giving our recommendations we take into consideration where the person is standing on an emotional level because for example if someone contacts us and says you know they want to come to the clinic but they're not sure you know they have doubts they this is not good not good for them not good for us so we really want you know someone that comes to the clinic to to embrace it, to prepare themselves, to have that love, faith, hope, and generosity, which are four uh, key areas uh, that are that are core to what we do. And that's when you could have the better results, because as you said, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual, all have to be in alignment. And that's not easy. You know, it takes work. We understand that. You know that. Uh, uh, but when we have an alignment of the mental physical and spiritual that's when it's almost like magic <laughs> when the magic happens right when when god uh, allows not that he doesn't otherwise but when when there's there isn't a, a barrier per se a, a blockage that's preventing us from healing i truly believe that those who do that that do not heal from cancer the first thing that they have to look at is the emotional and spiritual then you look at other factors like, you know, the, the physical. But the emotional, spiritual is by far the most important aspect of wellness and healing, and not only cancer, but preventing. preventing the, This message of prevention has to ring uh, quite strongly in this society now because, as we know, one in every two men will have cancer sometime in their lifetime and one in every three females. Will have cancer. So, but we are able as individuals to not be part of the statistics. I'm not doomed to have cancer because my dad had it, right? This is, I have to change my lifestyle. I have to, you know, not eat ice cream, watching baseball games every night on TV like I used to with my dad growing up, right? (laughs) Yeah. now I have a smoothie or something, right? Watching baseball games whenever I get that chance or that opportunity, but um, but it's it's very important uh, to be open to healing and 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 open to just pouring your heart out and uh, your mind and allowing uh, that emotional spiritual aspect to be uh, to be touched, right? And to to let go of the conflicts the traumas we all have it you know it's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed shamed about it it's uh it's something that has to be let go and that's when healing takes a quantum leap so it's um it's it's up to the it's up to the individual you know we are the only person i could heal leah and the listeners is myself but i could provide and we can as as a group provide a lot of tools and the the path to healing, but ultimately the healing is within the body, and uh, and we could heal, we could heal. I mean, stage four, stage three, stage two, stage one. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Healing happens.
0: Mm. That's that's amazing. And and um, I want to just emphasize one in two men and one in three women. This this is. This is a human issue. <laughs> this is a common we could use the word issue. And so your speaking to the prevention side of things is so important because I I thought I took that seriously and now I can look back and say okay, here's all the things I could have done even better and then here's the set of things that I I wasn't even aware to do even being in in wellness and and I don't look back at that with any kind of guilt or beating myself up or anything like that. It was part of that twenty four hour period, but then I got past that and and um and really it it's it's something that's so so prevalent we have to pay attention we have to pay attention. We have to find whatever it takes to get our own attention to the prevention of this is just so critically important
1: yes, this weekend uh in, what is it now, November? <laughs> November 4th or 5th, uh, not sure what the date is, 2019, but this past weekend, uh, today is a Monday um, that uh, we're doing this. But uh, this past weekend, Leah, I was at a, uh, a Master Summit in LA and Sharon Osborne was there. For those who don't know her, she's the wife of Ozzy Osborne, the, the famous singer and musician. And the reason she was there is because she had um, battled and was challenged with colon cancer. And they asked her, the, the interviewer, which was uh, Fran Dreschler, the nanny, who played the nanny on TV, Fran, uh, she asked her, Sharon, what is one thing that you would tell the audience about your journey or ways that, things that you, you could have done and possibly prevented this And Sharon said, listening to your body. Mm. That is so true, right? Because oftentimes, uh, always our body tells us, but we ignore it. We say, oh, you know, it must be because I didn't sleep or I ate wrong or I haven't exercised or I exercised too much and now my hip hurts. And so listen to your body because cancer takes anywhere from 5 15 20 years to develop so this is not happening overnight and so your body is is talking to you and listen to it don't under you know underestimate the the ability of the body to send us messages and it's sending us messages so we can look at the underlying causes what is happening that you know this pain or this discomfort or too much gas or uh, burping all the time or headaches that, you know, last longer. And I'm not saying all these things to for the listeners to get paranoid and, oh, I have a (laughs) headache, you know, do I have a brain tumor? No, but you know, get your routine and not even a routine, the routine medical evaluations every year are, are not worthless, but they're not very accurate. Because for example, a blood test will show abnormalities when, um, so a blood tests will show abnormalities when something is has progressed significantly. But if you look at some of the tools that we use, Leah, at Hope for Cancer, like uh, the cell well-being, right, which is the mm-hmm. hair analysis that will look at different aspects of one's health, the thermography that you mentioned that will look at the functional status, and other tests that are Uh, looking deeper at the cell level, at the function, this will be more accurate than doing a blood test and saying, oh, your thyroid hormones are fine in the blood test, your thyroid is fine. Well, guess what? 70% of our patients have uh, dysfunctions in the thyroid, and that's very common now. So I would encourage any, specifically the females, but men also, that are, you know, above over 45 years of age to get a 24-hour urine hormone test to look at thyroid function, to look at estrogen, progesterone, cortisol, testosterone, because the endocrine system is so, so important in health, in prevention, and in curing or uh, putting cancer into remission. But doing just a routine blood test is not enough and where uh, you could ask your integrative doctors for a dutch test d-u-t-c-h dutch test or contact meridian valley labs in the seattle washington area uh, for a 24-hour urine uh, hormone profile very very important
0: Hi, this is Leah Lund. Join me February 1st and 2nd, 2020 in beautiful Palm Springs, California for the I Am Vibrant Girls Weekend Getaway. You'll learn to detox anything in your life that brings you down or gets in your way so that you can be the powerful creator of your own life. Full details are available at www.onewholehealth.com forward slash Vibrant Girls Weekend.
1: Uh, So these are measures that we can do to when, you know, even when the body is talking to us, right? Something is wrong. There's a system, Leah, and listeners in our our body that's called the the piné, the psycho-neuro-endocrine immune system. So the psycho, it's our, our thoughts, you know. The neural is our sympathetic and parasympathetic. This is the fight or flight. That's a sympathetic. And the parasympathetic is the nervous system that calms us down, right? That allows us to relax. And most of us are on sympathetic overdrive. We're like going, you know, 110 miles an hour every second of every day. And so that's the psych, that's the neural, the nervous system, endocrine is the hormonal, and the I stands for the immune system, so the psychoneuroendocrine immune system. So this is important to evaluate. Your integrative doctor should be evaluating this on a regular basis uh, at least every year. I do my my assessments every year, a week or two before my birthday, Leah, because that way I, I remember when it's due, <laughs> and it's a good birthday present to know you know, that everything is fine, or to know what I have to work on, right? Because as you said, you thought you were in perfect health doing the right things, and so do most people. But we're ignoring these little signs, right? Uh, uh, signs that are just uh, uh, telling us, hey, hey, you know, do something about it. So if there's anything for the listeners to remember about this conversation, is that because we don't want to be a statistic. We want to prevent much, much easier than treating. And the book, uh, going back to the book, the seven key principles uh, is so important because six of those principles are for, for prevention. Uh, and I'll mm-hmm. say the principles quickly. Number one is non-toxic cancer therapies. That's for those who have cancer. That's the only one that's for the, the ones that have cancer. The other six apply for everyone the ones with cancer and the ones like us that want to prevent cancer, not only cancer, anything, arthritis, heart disease, cancer, any chronic disease, and even for wellness. Because remember, anti-aging is anti-cancer, right? So when we follow these six of those seven principles, we're improving our health and our wellness We're anti-aging, we're living with better quality of life, uh, longevity, and those are immunomodulation, modulating the immune system. Because the immune system is the key to fight off any developing cancer cells and any exposure to bacteria, viruses, parasites, and fungus that play a key role in the development of cancer and chronic diseases. The next principle is full-spectrum nutrition, and uh, that's a topic in itself, right? Full-spectrum nutrition, that's a whole other (laughs) interview here, another podcast, Leah. And uh, the next key principle is detoxification. And I always say, start with detoxing our thoughts. I often am quoted as saying, a negative thought can kill you faster than a bad germ. So we have to learn to detoxify our negative thoughts and emotions. If I could tell you a quick story, um, we had a, I I was doing a question and answer session in our Cancun Treatment Center, and I noticed that there was a a patient there that had come to the clinic a year prior to this Q&A, and uh, it was like a double take because I remember she was in stage four from breast cancer. And she had meth to the liver and to the lungs. And I said, wow, this is fabulous that she's here with us. And so I asked her, uh, you know, to identify herself to the rest of the group and so forth. But then I asked her, what was the one single thing that you had to do when you got back home as part of your home program? And she said, well, Dr. Tony, I had to tell my best friend of 25 years, 20, 25 years, I don't remember exactly, it was 20 or 25 years, that we had to separate because this person was a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? They loved each other, yeah. but the person was a nurse and she would tell, you know, her friend, oh, you know, you shouldn't go to, to Mexico. You should be doing more chemo and more radiation. But she had done that already. But, you know, it was a nurse who was thinking allopathically. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I had to do, she said. I had to tell her in a loving and caring way that we had to part ways for now. And, you know, the future we'll see. And the story goes that uh, months after that, I was at the clinic again. And this patient was there. And this time she was with a companion that I hadn't seen before. And guess who it was, Leah? (gasps) The friend? the friend the oh. nurse <laughs> it oh. was the friend the nurse so she had gone full circle and now she was there you know so enthusiastic and wanting to learn and uh it was uh it's funny how things happen right so
0: oh that's i didn't see that coming <laughs> but but that's amazing and that's yeah. um yeah that's another god incident and and that's the um just the light—the light that spreads when you when you see things really clearly, and when you have when you're empowered with information—and and here she got to be she got to lead her friend into this new understanding.
1: That's, That's right. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes, yes. so, so <laughs> detoxification starts there, and then also we have to detox our mouth. Can't forget about that. Uh, and most doctors don't even go there, right? with right. respect to the root canals, metal fillings, cavitation. Uh, cavitation is where a tooth was extracted, typically the wisdom teeth, and it left like a pocket under the gum, so you don't see it. It doesn't hurt or anything, but that's a haven for bugs, for bacteria and all kinds of different pathogens, and they take a toll. They're tapping our immune system every second of every day. And so we need to get these cavitations checked by a biological or holistic dentist. Uh, this is very, very important. And then the fourth dental toxin is uh, periodontal disease, which is gum disease, gingivitis. You know, if you brush your teeth and you're bleeding, receding uh, gums, all this. It's said that up to 85% of the American population has periodontal disease that's not even diagnosed or treated. And this is a big problem because, uh, you know, it's where everything that we're uh, ingesting is coming into our mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And so please, please, all listeners, get to a biological dentist and, uh, and get checked out for these uh, dental toxins. Here again, we're stressing not only treating cancer, but we're stressing prevention. And the message of prevention has to ring loud in in our in what we do, right? Uh, so that's a detox. Then the next key principle is oxygenation. And basically that's um, moving. It's uh, eating live green foods and it is uh, having good, you know, healthy thoughts. It's uh, deep breathing, breathing exercises. All this I explain in detail in my book, Hope for Cancer. And uh, the next key principle is the microbiome, the gut health. As you know, Leah, you mentioned that in the introduction or maybe before we went on, on the air, but the gut health is so important because 75 or so percent of our immune system is in our gut. And one thing we know now in oncology, I was recently at a uh, very intense uh, four-day course in Harvard, at Harvard Medical School, and the leading scientists in oncology were the were the professors. Um, And what they know now is that, let's say someone has a breast cancer, Leah, and then they get metastasis to uh, the lung or to the liver. One question is, how did that happen? And the second question is, how can a breast cancer cell live in a lung, in the organ of the lung or the organ of the liver? Because that's not its environment. It's like you and I going and you know going to Kenya or somewhere. How could we live there, right? We have mm-hmm. to adapt. We have to figure out how to survive in that environment. So what the cancer cells are doing, Leah and listeners, is that as it's going to the other organ, it's taking along the bugs, that environment, uh, like the bacteria or the viruses. It's taking that along with them as they go to the liver or to the lung or to the brain or to the bone and allowing a microenvironment that will allow them to survive in that foreign organ or tissue. So cancer is intelligent. This is not by accident, right? And we have to be smarter than the cancer.
0: I really, and I, I want to continue with the principles, but I just have to say, reading your book, I, I felt like when I'm learning all that cancer cells do to survive and to um, literally lasso and bring in healthy cells, and it, it sounds like an alien intelligence. It reads like a, a space movie <laughs> of how intelligent cancer cells are.
1: Yeah, you're not kidding, Leah. It's very intelligent. Not like oncologists have told some of our patients, oh, it's because you have bad luck or, you know, God gave it to you or you deserve it. None of that. Cancer is intelligent. Cancer is not a genetic disease in 95 plus percent of the time, right? So the fact that the oncologist will say, well, it's because your sister had it or your brother or your uncle or your co- cousin, not so. 95 plus percent of all cancers are not genetic in nature. And that's been published and proven for years, but they still are in that bandwagon, right? Mm-hmm. Making you feel like you're, you know, you, you just, you can't, there's no way out of it, right? right. <laughs> and so that's, that's the way it is, but not so. Uh, so cancer is intelligent. In the book, you'll learn about the 10 hallmarks of cancer, the characteristics of cancer, which are inherent to all cancer types, whether it's a breast cancer, a prostate cancer, a lung, a pancreatic cancer, a colon cancer, all cancers have these 10 hallmarks. And that was developed by, um, by a professor uh, from MIT uh, in, in Boston, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, Professor uh, Weinberg, uh, you know, brilliant work. Uh, he was one of the the teachers at this course that i took in uh in harvard recently and the good thing leah is that you know we're nearing 2019 we know a lot about cancer as you mentioned and i speak a lot of it in my book so guess what we have tools also way beyond chemo radiation and surgery and the toxic immunotherapies and the very uh ineffective gene targeted therapies we have a lot of tools now that we can outsmart cancer. And then the the last key principles um, is the emotional-spiritual, which should be number one, of course, right? And we touched about that uh, on that topic already. So those are the seven key principles. And I reiterate that six of them apply to all of us for prevention
0: six of them apply to prevention that's so great and and as you said we could do a podcast on each of the seven principles and and i would have many many questions about them and it's it's spelled out so um so clearly and in a way that's easy to understand in a way that feels empowering in the book um but i want to ask you i want to go into the limitations of conventional treatment and diagnosing and then uh your approach to to cancer and and i want to also come back to i think you alluded to this but i i know this and read it in the book when you're talking about one in two men and one in three women also we all make cancer cells every day correct correct so and is it cancer stem cells Or or cancer.
1: Uh, we, make, we make both. We make um, non-cancer stem cells. Those are the ones that are in the majority. 99% of cancer cells are non-cancer stem cells. And those are the ones that are easily killed. Even chemotherapy and radiation can kill the non-cancer stem cells. And for sure, our immune system can as well. But 1% of those cells are called uh, cancer stem cells, as opposed to the non-cancer stem cells. So these cancer stem cells are few in number. They're about 1% of all cells in a tumor or a metastatic lymph node. And we are also farming some of that, we believe, every day. But our immune system is, is killing them and destroying them, in addition to of course, are the factors like nutrition and sleep and exercise, healthy thoughts that we discussed. Mm -hmm. But these cancer stem cells are not killed by chemo or radiation. They're not destroyed. On the contrary, they're made more aggressive and active with chemo and radiation. This is why when someone is told that they're in remission, right, Leah, and they're they're told, come back every three months for a CAT scan, PET scan, or MRI. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, they said, oh, the cancer is back. You have a relapse or recurrence. Well, the fact is that those cancer stem cells were in the bloodstream. And the PET scan, CAT scan, and MRI or ultrasound cannot pick them up. And so those are the ones that formed the colony, they aggregated, and then now there's the tumor again. But it's not that it came from nowhere, right? It's not, oh, it, you know, right. you have a relapse or a recurrence. Well, where did it come from? If it took 5, 10, 15, 20 years, as the literature states, to form a, a primary cancer, and then you're told that, you know, they got it all, or you have no evidence of disease, which is a new word out there, NED, right? Mm-hmm. But where did it come back? Why did it come back so fast, if that's what they're saying, right? In, in a year or six months or two years? No, it's that these cancer stem cells, circulating tumor cells were there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so how do you approach diagnosing?
1: Well, most of the patients that come to Hope for Cancer Treatments are already diagnosed. You know, they have biopsies, they've had surgeries that they sent the, the tissue to, to pathology, and we know what cancer type it is. We know something called KI-67, which is the mitosis or uh, cell replication number. The higher the KI-67, the more aggressive the cancer tends to be. So we know that. We know if they're estrogen, progesterone, receptor positive in the case of breast cancer. We know if they're HER2 negative or positive, that's a specific receptor for breast cancer cells. So we don't do much diagnosing uh, because 99.9% of our patients come already diagnosed. And Leah, 92% of our patients are stage four. So when you came to Hope for Cancer, you were a rare exception yeah. <laughs> and uh, and a smart one too, right? Because that's the time to uh, come to us. Not that, you know, others cannot, but imagine right. you come in earlier stages, right? It's so much uh, better uh, in many ways. So 92% of our patients are stage four. And obviously our work is tough uh, because they failed all conventional therapies or when they were diagnosed, they were told that there were no options, right? No therapeutic options. So uh, we do very seldom do diagnosis. What we do is a very good assessment. Where are you now with respect to so many parameters? Like we mentioned earlier, the PNA, the psycho, neuro, nervous system, the endocrine system, the immune system, the emotional health, the nutritional, uh, so many factors, in assessing that. Looking again for what I, you know, we call the underlying causes, then we could address them at the root of the disease process, not putting band-aids, right? Uh, so the assessment is is very, very important. Uh, with respect to limitations, because you talked about limitations of treatment, the limitations of conventional treatments. I just mentioned one is that they can't destroy the, the cancer stem cells, and Remember, Leah, over 90% of people that succumb to cancer is because of metastasis, those circulating tumor cells, those cancer stem cells. It's not because of the primary tumor. Rarely if does someone die because of a breast cancer or a colon cancer. They die because, or prostate cancer for that matter, they die because of the metastasis to the vital organs, the brain, the liver, the lungs, or the bones. And so we need to focus on these metastatic cells, the circulating tumor cells, the cancer stem cells, and that's a big, huge limitation of conventional therapy. It just doesn't address that. Chemo doesn't, radiation doesn't, surgery surely doesn't because it's only taking out the overt tumor or the lymph node, Right. right? not addressing the circulating cells. So that's the biggest limitation of conventional therapy. If I could mention the second biggest one, or equally equally as important, is that conventional therapy, as we said, is not addressing what caused the cancer. Remember, the cancer is an opportunistic disease. It's about the terrain. It's about a favorable environment that allow these aberrant cells to form into what we call cancer cells, right? And so unless you fix the terrain with lifestyle uh, changes, which includes stopping to smoke, you know, drinking, uh, you could dance, right? That's okay. <laughs> uh, Thoughts. It's uh,
0: encouraged. Yes,
1: yes. yes. <laughs> you know not exposing ourselves to so much of environmental toxins not uh you know spending hours and hours on social media that's a lot of and watching the news before bedtime you know it's it's not good it's not healthy let's be outdoors let's go back to nature let's go back to god's creation mm-hmm. let's be part of the garden let's uh you know go to plant-based nutrition more so than fast food nutrition which is dead food right Mm -hmm. you plant the hamburger (laughs) the hamburger nothing's going to grow right you plant the seed it's going to grow so let's go back to the garden and so conventional medicine has severe limitations and uh, I can go on and tell you other oh, limitations. Oh, I know.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate I appreciate that those two, uh, which are huge points. And for yes. this, for the circulating um, cancer stem cell, for example, I know, and I know you have a lot of um, technologies that you use there. Um, is that something? Is there testing available readily? for finding out if there are circulating cancer stem cells? I know what I did, which was a yes. PD- PDIS, but right. um, yeah. maybe you could speak to that.
1: Yes, uh, finding the circulating tumor cells is a, big, a bit of a challenge. There are some labs in the world, in Germany and in, in Greece, even in the US that look at blood samples for circulating tumor cells. They're not very reliable. And even uh, looking at uh, spectroscopy methods uh, to detect circulating cancer cells, it's not too easy, right? Because this is detecting clusters of circulating tumor cells. So we are embarking with some colleagues in Europe and even having, uh, you know, more, uh, reliable if you will technology this is tough you know we have some good technology with respect to looking and screening for circulating tumor cell but as you know in science and medicine it's we're always learning right and we're always digging deeper uh into what can be more state-of-the-art but there isn't much right now so we are embarking in that project and what we have now at the Hope for cancer treatment center is the best that there is at this moment for looking at circulating tumor cells. As, but remember, even even that screening is important, but more important is doing therapies, nutrition, that will kill the circulating tumor cells. For example, vitamin C has been shown at Stafford University in the UK to kill circulating tumor cells or cancer stem cell. So just taking vitamin C orally, intravenously will go a long way in affecting circulating tumor cells. Elagic acid that comes from berries also has this effect. Uh, Metformin, which I don't like to use, but that's a medication for diabetes, has Mm -hmm. also shown to kill circulating tumor cells. And uh, ginger, ginger extract that we do intravenously we call this six shaga all it's a ginger extract that kills circulating tumor cells resveratrol intravenously uh, leah we're now doing uh frankincense or boswellia intravenously also and so very powerful uh and the other therapies that you're familiar with pulsating electromagnetic field therapy pemf hyperthermia heating up the body and other therapies like this, ozone therapy, uh, will affect the circulating tumor cells. So there's many tools to target these uh, circulating tumor cells, cancer stem cells, these tough cells that resist being destroyed by chemo and radiation therapy.
0: That's really great. That's really, The hyperthermia, You you may be aware, we lovingly call it the pizza oven. <laughs> <laughs> when we're there. (laughs) Um, But that that, I appreciate that, because with everything here, you've really taken the time and the care to, to empower everyone listening that there are options and there are things that are are accessible. And I want to I just have a few other questions, because I know I'm going to need to let you go here. But but you spoke earlier of the importance of listening to our body. And I I want to reiterate that and I want to add on to it also if, if anyone listening is having some of these lab tests or part of this information available and um, it's, it's been minimized in any way, or I, I hear this all the time from my clients Well, everything came back normal and I'll say, okay, but can I see, can I see the results anyway? And I like to look for the high normals and low normals because yes. normal is just a parameter. It's just a parameter from people that were having symptoms, right? A, a collection of uh, people that were having symptoms. So it's a little skewed. But even if it's right dead in the middle, normal, 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 and you know that something is off and not right, then ask another question or ask someone else. And in the book, you talk a lot about bidirectional two-way conversation with your doctors and your practitioners and the importance of that. And um, I just wanted to bring that up here because I think it's significant as well and you might have something to add.
1: Yeah, thank you for that, Leah. because one of the first thing they teach us in medical school is, is related to having good bedside manner, right? <laughs> Isn't that a, a, a good concept? And mm-hmm. nowadays it's lost for the most part because most listeners will recall their last appointment or one of their appointments with their primary doctors you know by the time the doctor comes in you're ready on the stretcher you know your vitals have been taken and you know he might ask you a couple questions but but maybe not and just put the stethoscope listen to your lungs listen to your heart maybe palpate your abdomen and then he's out of there and you have a, a prescription you know, for one, two, or three or four drugs. And you're like, wait a minute, (laughs) how could he know that in a minute or two, right? Right. So this bi-directional conversation is so, so important. And this is one of the key differences between a holistic integrative physician versus a conventional strict allopathic doctor. Because all they're looking for is a symptom to treat the symptom, right? They're not looking for the underlying cause because they don't have time for that. To look for underlying causes, you need time with the patient. You need to communicate with the patient. You need to see how or she walks into the office, right? How's their gait? Are they showing signs of like grimaces of pain, facial grimaces of pain that can lead you to to ask another question? And we say always, we have to know how to ask questions. And it's not that they don't know. It's that they don't have time, mm-hmm. right, because of, of the way the system is. And so, and sometimes they don't want to know everything because a drug may not take care of what, you, what they will find out, right? Right. So they have to be careful. It's like, for example, circulating tumor cells. What can an oncologist do to treat circulating tumor cells? Nothing. Chemo doesn't kill it. Radiation doesn't. And so what are they going to do? So they don't test, they don't ask, they don't look for anything with respect to cancer stem cells because you know, they don't have an option. And so the yes, uh, definitely, Leah, uh, cancer, as you said in the intro, is many layers. It's a multifactorial disease. And we have to realize that there isn't a magic bullet and that it does take work. It takes work to get healthy, but Why don't we do that work to stay healthy, right? And that will be more fun. We will have (laughs) more energy. We will live longer. I believe we all should live to 120, but that's not what's happening because we want the fast pill. Remember, antibiotics, stay away from antibiotics. Just as an example, Mm -hmm. an antibiotic can affect your gut flora and your gut health for years. Some studies say up to 10 years for one course of antibiotics, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's devastating what it's doing to our gut and our immune system. So let's resonate more towards the natural non-toxic therapies and, uh, and go to the garden, go to the essential oil, go to the herb, go to her holistic integrator, go to the health coaches like Leah, who really know where healing starts and where healing, you know, the path that it should take and be patient because you didn't get sick overnight. And sometimes, you know, it's going to take a while to get better.
0: I'm yeah. So glad you touched on that. Um, That really the the time factor, it it frustrates us with Mm -hmm. the medical industry, I'll call it. But, but we fall into that too, often where we want the magic bullet. right Right. because the magic bullet's easier and when I think about um, I paused in preparation for this and I thought wow had I gone the other route like I would have been done with my surgery I would have been done with my eight weeks of um, radiation I would have you know and kind of thinking about it just just for fun because there's no way I was going to go that route but but and the opposite side of it is I have you know, there in the clinic, probably we had 13, 14, 15, maybe different treatments every single day. Many of them are part of my home protocol. It's not the simplest magic bullet whatsoever, but it is working on all of the root causes. Many of the kinds that you named, you know, from I had mold toxicity going on. I had a parasite. I had a bacteria. Um, finding out I had the MTHFR gene, which is SNP, which is something that I test my clients for all the time. And i not tested myself, you know. This is there, there is some due diligence for sure, and it's not the simplest thing, but it is um, transformative on every level of our health body, yes. mind, spirit, That's and preventative right. for the next thing. We don't have to play whack a mole with diseases right. and cure this one and then have another one and, and need to do treatment all over again. We, we can create a healthy terrain, as you say.
1: Yes. And I I, I think even uh, a step further, which I'm sure is part of your everyday, you know, in your family and also with uh, the people you're coaching is, what are we, what examples are we setting to the next generation, right? Mm-hmm. To our kids, our grandkids, our friends, their, their kids, right? What example are we setting to them? Are we setting the example that, uh, yeah, you know, go to your antibiotic and drugs when anything is is array or or go to seek health in in a natural way because you know this planet is more toxic uh uh, we have to detoxify we have to follow these six key principles every day leah and that's fun we wake up we see the sunrise you know we learn how to take deep breaths with shallow breathers, right? And so mm-hmm. breathing in the morning, taking a light walk, and uh, what we do in the morning just sets the pace for the rest of the day. I travel a lot, and airports are like my my exercise platform <laughs> because I don't, you know, take stairs, I don't take escalators, I don't take the, the, the electrical run. Things the uh, you know the walkways, I walk. I go up and down the stairs, and and even when I have a two-hour or whatever wait and layover, I'm walking. I'm not just sitting down all the time, right? You, you take opportunity, park further away from the door when you go grocery shopping. You know, uh, let's be an active society, not a sedentary society. S- uh, sitting for eight hours now has been equated to smoking. Uh, like half a pack of cigarettes a day. Imagine that in the health uh, wow. deterioration that it can it can uh, have on our bodies. So let's uh, let's move. I tell patients move move move. A body in motion is a body that can heal from anything.
0: I love that. That's so great. Final question for you in in your mission for alternative and integrative. Cancer treatment and care. I'm sure it's lonely <laughs> at times. It seems like it would be a small group of, of, of like minds and kindred spirits that, that hopefully is growing. But given that, what keeps your hope going for healing cancer?
1: Well, a couple of things. Um, you know, every day in the last, as the years are progressing, we're getting more patients from the health industry. More nurses, more chiropractors, more doctors, more physician assistants. We're getting more of these patients because they too are seeing the light. So it is, you know. You said hopefully it's it's not as lonely, and you're you're correct. It's getting less lonely every day, you know, in our work. And uh, my mission is to educate, as we're doing now, Leah. Uh, provide what we've learned in almost 30 years of clinical experience through my book, through, you know, podcasts like this and the reality show that we're air in January of 2020 called Eight Days, um, that we form a a community where we could share. I'm part of an Otto Warburg group. It's a WhatsApp group, uh, you know, uh, uh, a communication tool, WhatsApp, uh, out of uh, Spain. And it's like an elite uh, group of doctors, maybe 80 doctors from mostly from Spain, but from other parts of the world as well. And uh, we're just sharing information, talking about patients. And uh, it's interesting that uh, the world is, uh, is waking up. And more and more, as you know, when you were at the treatment center in Cancun, not only you, but other patients are so informed now more so than they were, you know, five, 10 years ago, right? You know more about breast cancer, I'm sure, Leah, without a doubt than most oncologists, right? I have no doubt about that. And, uh, and the same as other patients, they know more about their disease than the doctors that are treating them in the conventional world. And so I... um my goal, my goal is to, and my mission is, is uh, this might sound a bit pompous, but it's not, is to find, and I guess I could say this, I could say this to you, Leah, to find a cure for cancer with my colleagues and my staff and my team together. We're working diligently uh, to, towards this goal. And uh, I think it will be rooted in those seven key principles because it is a multifactorial disease. There isn't going to be a magic bullet, but there's a combination of therapies. And we're seeing uh, more and more of this every day is patients that were told there's no hope. uh, Find uh, hope. And not only that, what outcomes we're seeing almost on a daily basis, stage four lung cancers, metastasis to the bone to the liver and and to uh lymph nodes that are now clear in a bit uh under a year of uh of work so uh so so encouraged with what's happening i'm encouraged by you know the work you're doing and others in this field and and i i wish that uh, the seeds that you and i have planted in this uh podcast uh Leah, for the listeners, just continues to grow and to sprout and to, and for them to share this information and share these podcasts, not only mine with you, Leah, but others that you do with brilliant minds out there that are really, you know, seeking and going beyond what we have been brainwashed to believe, right? The cancer is the terminal disease it has no cure well first of all we're all terminal right <laughs> so when <laughs> yes. they say that oh you have terminal you're you're terminal well aren't you terminal also doctor <laughs>
0: right, right.
1: Well, yes <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's becoming a, a much less lonely uh, world and um, and i've been to over 70 countries and in the next 15 20 days i'll be in a few places in asia and in the U.S., spreading the message, learning, educating, researching, and it's it's uh, it's a it's it's a blessing, right? Uh, and we just have to thank the Lord for these opportunities. Mm, yeah.
0: Well, Dr. Tony, I thank you so much for this opportunity to speak with you and to share this. And, um, for everybody who's been listening, definitely check out the hope for cancer book and the website will be looking for eight days to be released in January. And Dr. Tony, I am just very, very grateful. And I hope and pray that God will continue to bless you and everyone that you touch. Thank you so much.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, and Thank you for this opportunity. Blessings to all the listeners. And, uh, you know, we're here for you. Anything you need, don't hesitate to uh, contact us. And uh, thank you again.
0: You've been listening to I Am Vibrant, the podcast that helps you reboot your brain and reprogram your subconscious mind to feel good on purpose and create a life you love.